Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. George Washington and Barack Obama are at war. Obviously, George Washington has been dead for hundreds of years. Barack Obama is still alive today, yet hasn't officially been the president of the United States since 2017. So how could a dead man and a man who supposedly is not in power be at war in America? Well, these two men represent vastly different worldviews. In his first inaugural address, George Washington said, The foundations of our national policy will be laid in the pure and immutable principles of private morality. In his farewell address, he said, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. Contrast that with statements of Barack Obama talking about the U.S. Constitution as a charter of negative liberties, a document that frustrated Obama because he couldn't do things fast enough. It held in check his tyrannical tendencies. Barack Obama said he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America which is disturbing since the foundation of this country is the Bible and biblical principles. The beliefs of men like George Washington laid the foundation for the abolition of slavery and the unifying of the country thanks to Abraham Lincoln. There were some serious sins for the founding fathers to deal with. And they did a pretty good job thanks to their focus on private morality, their focus on biblical principles. But Obama wanted to fundamentally transform. He wanted to get away from that foundation. So which man is right? This is an article from the August 2011 Philadelphia Trumpet News Magazine, and it's titled, The U.S. Constitution is Over 95% Destroyed. Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote this, and he said here, Without religion and morality, Washington knew the American experiment was doomed to fail. That's right. We have to be a moral and religious people to adhere to the Constitution 
and define national success. Here's a quote from George Washington as well. In vain would that man claim tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. So he's talking again about these pillars of religion and morality. And he's saying, if we throw those out the window, we can't even call ourselves patriotic. We can't even say we love our country. If we throw away that moral foundation. And yet, how many Americans today spend zero seconds thinking about morality? They might care about inflation and the economy and other issues like the border. But who is still waging war on the cultural issues where we have really fallen off a cliff morally? This is a quote from an article titled Why Character Matters by Mr. Stephen Fleury in 2012. Without the moral restrictions of a higher spiritual law, the liberty afforded Americans in the Constitution would be abused. George Washington and the other framers clearly understood that. That's why they kept harping on religion and morality. They did not want to see the United States of America self-destruct. They knew that this country would be destroyed if it became immoral. And yet here we are today. Here we are. And we are deeply immoral today. Barack Obama famously changed his stance on homosexual marriage. He used to believe that marriage was between one man and one woman. But he updated his beliefs to fit the times. Apparently, there is no absolute right or wrong, according to him. He saw that the people were now okay with sodomy. They were okay with transforming the definition of marriage, which has existed for thousands of years and was ordained of God. And so he decided, well, I'll win some people over if I change my definition of marriage as well. And so that's what Barack Obama did. Completely amoral without any moral consideration at all. This nation long ago lost the battle against sodomy and sexual perversion. It's everywhere. It surrounds us today. And people don't even really care about it. They don't even seem to mind that this nation is submerged by filth. But where is that leading? Is this country stronger today than it was 100 years ago? Are we really in a better place today? 
Now, yes, we've gone through depressions and world wars and such. But everything around us today is collapsing. This nation is becoming a joke to the rest of the world. We don't have strong leadership. We don't have moral, righteous leadership. Isaiah 3 warned that this would happen to us in this end time. And sure enough, here we are. George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Well, how do we measure up to that standard today? We can't even govern our own nation. We can't even govern our own states and cities. Crime is out of control today. Addiction to drugs and other vices is out of control. And the law is cast down. The law is trampled. Millions of people continue to flood over the southern border as if this nation has endless resources to take care of all of them. There is no law today. Obviously, our leaders fall far short of rightly governing this nation. Is it possibly because they have no consideration for God and the Bible? Was George Washington right about that? St- about that? We have to ask those questions. This is a quote from Mr. Alex Harrison from May 2010 Philadelphia News. He's commenting on George Washington's quote there. Quality Bible study by members of God's true church builds a strong church. And a strong church is essential to God's work. So you see, all of this is connected to God's work as well. The entire church is strengthened by Bible study, by people who are humble enough to turn to God and see what does God have to say? Does God care how we live our lives? Does God care how we govern the world? Does God care how we govern our nation? Should we look to him for guidance? And when we do that in the church, it strengthens God's work. It would do the same in our nation. If we started in our families, turning back to God, our communities would get stronger and very quickly our whole nation would get stronger. God's church is an example for the nation in that way. Looking to God, that is such an outdated mentality today. And yet it really works. George Washington knew that it works. Religion and morality. We need these things to be a strong nation. He knew this. Now, like I said, 
George Washington and Barack Obama are at war today. And this is perhaps one of the biggest parts of God's work right now. Exposing Barack Obama. Exposing the attack on America from within. America under attack is really one of the most powerful books the Philadelphia Church of God has ever produced. Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote this originally as a pretty small booklet. I believe it was around 30 or 40 pages during the middle of Barack Obama's time in office from 2009 to 2017. But then this book was greatly expanded. And in August of 2022, <laughs> the book was released and it, it was, well, I believe over 150, maybe over 200 pages. And there's going to be a hardcover edition pretty soon that has two more chapters than the expanded version had last August. And so America under attack, this crucial message of God's work just keeps getting bigger and bigger because Barack Obama just keeps con continuing to destroy. Even though he hasn't been in office for six years, his mentality is pervasive in the nation today, completely lawless, tearing down the Constitution, throwing out the Bible, forsaking God, and just doing whatever is right in his own eyes. And a lot of people finally are realizing that he is the puppet master behind Joe Biden. So really, he is secretly still in power today. He is behind the destruction of this country. And America Under Attack exposes that. This book not only exposes Barack Obama, but it exposes an evil spirit force that empowers Obama. And so you need to get a free copy of America Under Attack at thetrumpet.com. People are noticing this book. High-level people are noticing this book. And that's really important. Now, today is President's Day. Here in America, we celebrate this on the third Monday each February. And this was originally meant to celebrate George Washington, whose birthday was February 22nd, so close enough to the third Monday. Uh, today, we celebrate Abraham Lincoln or <laughs> all presidents in general as well on this day. But this day really is about George Washington. And do we really take away the lessons that we need to from America's first president from the commanding general of the American forces during the revolutionary war from one of the most important founding fathers. 
Do we learn from George Washington like we should? There are a lot of lessons there in history for us to take away. George Washington was a man of outstanding character. He was a man of weighty, admirable leadership. And he came from a strong home. This is an article titled Faith in the Father from Mr. Stephen Flurry. And it says, from the earliest age, George was taught to accept responsibility for his actions. He was taught to always wait patiently while his elders conducted their affairs. He learned to be quiet when elders were talking. He learned that dad was the head of the house and that his decision was final. For George, there were definite penalties for inappropriate action, most notably spanking. Exodus 20 shows us the Ten Commandments that are still in force today. And the Fifth Commandment tells us to honor our father and mother. And of course, God is ultimately our father. And we ought to honor him as well. George Washington learned this lesson very early on in life. His father told him, it is not sufficient just to obey. You must learn to obey cheerfully. Right? No shuffling the feet, no talking back, no rolling eyes, no sighing deeply. Just do it with a smile. And do it right away. This is a constant struggle, teaching this to young children. And yet it's definitely worth it. God's work produces an incredible book, Child Rearing with Vision. You can get a free copy of that at thetrumpet.com as well. Child Rearing with Vision. It starts in the home. If every family had a strong father, and a submissive mother, raising happy, obedient children, this nation today would be full of George Washingtons. We would have them all over the place, and instead, we can't find even one nationally. Not one of our leaders on the national stage comes close to George Washington. It gets back to the home. It gets back to the family. It gets back to the Bible. The Bible tells us how to raise families and how to have a strong nation. And yet today we don't seem to care what God says in these areas. George Washington came from a strong home. And he was also extremely humble. He understood his limitations, which made him trust in God even more. When he was asked to take command of the Continental Army to lead war, to lead the war against the British, he 
accepted. But he also said, I feel great distress from a consciousness that my abilities and military experience may not be equal to the extensive and important trust. George Washington knew he was faced with a daunting task going up against the highly trained, dominant British army. And yet he humbly accepted Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, For all those things has mine hand made, and all those things have been, says the Eternal. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. George Washington trembled before God. He was of a poor and contrite spirit, very humble. And so God could use him. In a way, God was using him at the start of this nation. George Washington seized opportunities. He walked through open doors in his life. There's an article from the True Education back in 2009, seized the opportunity. And Mr. Stephen Pervatsky talks about how George Washington really took opportunities when they were presented to him. And that's what God's loyal people today, that's what Philadelphians today should do. Revelation 3 verse 8 says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. God gives us open doors today to do his work. He gives us open doors of opportunity in our lives individually. And the door cannot be shut. God is holding it open for us. And it's just a question of will we walk through? He won't force us to walk through, but the door is open and we should (laughs) walk through. George Washington walked through. He took charge of the Continental Army, which was basically mission impossible. And then he did his very best as Mr. Pravatsky talks about here. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. To this day, we're still celebrating George Washington's birthday on President's Day. There will never be a time where we celebrate the birthday of Barack Obama, the great destroyer. We should look back to George Washington and realize all the lessons available to us in his story. And on this President's Day, we should think about how we should return to God and the Bible, just like George Washington said. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. 
Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.